Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. You're getting a tag team tonight. Thank you, Brother Austin, for passing out those papers. Then you'll know a little bit about what this is about. We just felt an urgency in our spirits um, to talk about where we're going as a body, uh, what our destination is. And you may say, well, obviously it's heaven. Yes, it is, absolutely. But we're going to talk about while we're still here. Um, so if you're planning a trip, of course, the first point is to know where you're going, right? I mean, it would be nice just to get in the car and say, let's just go. See where we end up. Um, I don't think we've ever done that. Unless, you know, it's just which ice cream place we're going to show up to. We don't know. Um, but, of course, the first point is to know where you're going. And then after that, all the other plans follow. So, if we were to set our GPS for Colorado, for one thing, we'd be rejoicing. Because we like it there. Um, but, you know... We begin to make plans to get there. What does it take to get there? What will help us to arrive at our destination? So we begin to educate ourselves on travel, of course, to Colorado. We may ask questions of people that have been there before, which when we went a few years ago, that's exactly what we did try to get the advice of people that have been there before. Um, if you're following a road map, anybody under 40 know what that is? A piece of paper, a book, it's like this big, it's called an atlas. Um, if you ever need help reading an atlas, Sister Sheets is a professional, literally. She read it all across the United States when they traveled. Um, so you familiarize yourself with the map, even if it is just on a GPS. You look at it. I don't know about you, but if I've never been somewhere before, I know I've put it into the GPS, but I still want to know where I'm going. So then I'll hit step-by-step -step directions so I know, okay, I'm going to go this far on this road and then expect to turn in about 15 minutes, whatever. Um, so keeping the vision in mind of the mountains that I know where I'm going. We may take a few twists and turns in the road, but it's okay because we've checked the GPS and it still says we're going to Colorado. So we know where we're going. Well, we're going to liken the vision of landmark is like setting it on the GPS because without a certain direction, there's really no telling where we will end up. And we want to be on purpose. Proverbs 29 and 18, the first part of it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So without a vision, a dream or a revelation, without guidance, the people perish. That actually means they are let loose as without direction. So, we're going to have Pastor tell us what his vision is for the church. So, once he tells us, then the GPS is set. We know where we're going.
Um, I have used an atlas, <laughs> and I've used a GPS, and I come from a family that they would just take off, and wherever we ended up, that's where we were at. Usually ended up in Branson, by the way. Um, but no, we, we went a lot of different places, but um, usually ended up uh, just just discovering different places, unusual places. So it was interesting. It was interesting. But I do think that my parents had in their mind where we were going. Uh, that was during the uh, map time. I was the map reader at that time. Um, but using GPS, that's been a very, very helpful thing. Uh, I will say just briefly, sometimes I don't like the voice on the GPS because sometimes I feel like the lady's trying to tell me what to do, but I turn her voice off and just watch the directions. But a GPS is very, very uh, important in life today, but it is important for us to understand where we are going for sure and have a vision of that. Um, and we want to begin where the disciples left off. Actually, what I feel as far as a vision for the church um, I believe is what I need to follow is the vision of what God has for us. And I, I'm, very, um, I'm very interested in the fact that the disciples, um, after Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, resurrected, and then ascended up into the heavens, um, he left them and he told them what he was going to do, but throughout all of the teaching of the Lord to the disciples, he was actually setting vision for them. And I believe that's what he's doing for us also. It's in the Word of God. Uh, but I feel like that our vision for Landmark needs to follow what God's vision is for the church and what he's always set for the disciples. Um, we want to begin where the disciples left off. They were taught for three years. What they did after he ascended up into the heavens was actually um, following what the Lord had already taught them to do. And uh, they did it. Uh, our final destination, of course, we know is heaven. But in order to get there, we, we have to be prepared and be led by the word of the Lord to get there for ourselves and also to fulfill the great commission of reaching others. It's not just about us getting there, but it's about uh, us taking others with us and fulfilling the Great Commission. And the Lord has set that out for us also. But we are setting our GPS to be a, and this is what I feel, the vision that the Lord is setting for us is a continuation of the Book, the book of Acts Church. A continuation. Now, some things that I feel very, very important for us as setting vision for this church is I believe that as we follow the continuation of the book of Acts what's going to happen is we're not going to just go to a point, have a great move of God and then fall backward right. go forward, have a great move of God, fall backward and it just keeps having this ups and downs. When we continue the book of Acts church the plan of God for the vision of this church is for us to continue continue. Uh, I know I've made comments uh, before about uh, what I have seen in a revival church. I grew up when I first came to the Lord in a revival church. I knew the great move of God at that time, but when I look back at that church and the experiences now, I can see some things that were done there is what we're talking about tonight for us to be able to continue in this flow of the spirit that we're in. Now, right now, some of the things that I've seen in my home church uh, and seeing great revival was the powerful hunger of the people. Powerful hunger of the people. Hunger is a part of this continuing what the book of Acts church is. There was a lot of prayer that's a continuing of what the book of Acts church is. There was a lot of miracles uh, we were pursuing, and we're, we weren't searching for the miracles and the wonders of the Lord. 
we just simply were searching for God and those miracles just came. We were just searching for God in prayer and in worship. Those things just came. Uh, but what we have experienced here lately in the last few days, uh, the ladies' conference, the men's camping trip, the, the um, uh, service Sunday, uh, really what I feel like is we have been experiencing lately of it getting, as, getting us as close as we can. We've got a long way to go, but getting us close to that point of being an Acts church a book of Acts church. But the key here is not to just have a victory and then stop praying. To have a victory and a move of God and stop worshiping. Have a victory in God and stop reaching and stop committing ourselves and get, just getting wrapped up in the... God is into new life, not death. So we'll put that one aside. But the vision, the vision is what I feel that we need to pursue and put it in our GPS is to pattern our church, our lives, our personal lives, in everything that we do with the Book of Acts church. And when we do that, we're following what the Lord taught for three years to the disciples to do, and then they begin to fulfill it. And um, the disciples were taught by Jesus, but they made it a culture for them, an everyday culture. They lived it out, and when it's a culture, it becomes a part of you. Revival becomes a part of you. Prayer becomes a part of you. Worship becomes a part of you. The Word of God becomes a part of you. Everything about it becomes a part of you, and you hunger and thirst for the Lord. So. Uh, and then one thing I felt before church is, uh, you know, I know a lot of times we talk about, and I, as I mentioned, we're trying to get in a, a consistent culture of revival in this church. Uh, yeah, Satan can get in the way and distract us and things can happen, and it's not all Satan's fault. Our decisions can also get in our way, and our flesh can get in our way to hold us back from fulfilling what God wants us to do. But really what it comes down to is decisions will help us to overcome. The disciples had a decision to make. They could either walk with the things that the Lord had taught them or they could have made a decision to go back and just not do it, go back to the old life, follow the flesh. But they chose to make the decision to follow the Lord. So... Out of that, we find that, um, you know, our decision can help us to overcome and follow this culture of living for God and a move of God to where we come into the house of the Lord and it just happens every time we walk into the house of God. Not just here, but outside of the walls. Uh, and then if you could write in your notes here, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, referring back to Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47 after Acts 2.38 was given, then it shows what they began to do. That They were glad they received the word, were baptized. Same day added unto them 3,000 souls. It goes on and on. It talks about uh, follow the policy doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers. And it goes on. But if you could read that, it's Acts 2.41 through 47. And that is what they chose to do of what the Lord had taught them to do. In 300 feet, turn right. So how do we begin to prepare for this journey? We start where the disciples started. Um, in Acts 1, 4 through 8, Jesus told them um, to go and wait for the promise. Uh, let me just start at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, 
saith he, Ye have heard of me, John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and on all Judea and in Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. So he told them what was going to happen once they got there, once they listened to him, once they did exactly what he told them. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the power. And that's exactly what happened. And then in verse 14 it says, And they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. So the first step into getting to the direction, to the vision that we need to be at as a church is prayer. That may sound really simple, and we talk about prayer all the time around here. But until prayer becomes a part of every single one of us, um, we're not going to get to where we need to be. We're in this together. And I know we're all striving. I think every day we could all raise our hands and say, I'm striving to do better in prayer. I truly believe that. But we do have to be a church that has a culture of prayer about us. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Um, I don't know who it was, but somebody said one time, if you haven't prayed, just go to church because they pray over everything. And we do, and that's good because we're just talking to the Lord. When we are a church of prayer, it takes care of our flesh problems. We've put a lot of value on talent, and thank God for the talent. There's all kinds of talent in this church. But the most important thing that we can have within the church is prayer warriors. In order to get where we're going, we have to have intercessors. Prayer is actually a GPS all on its own. We are guided in prayer of what to say, what decisions to make. Um, we get direction for certain situations in prayer. We can absolutely not know what to do, not know what to say in a situation, and then we take a few minutes, we talk to the Lord, and all of a sudden this idea comes in our mind. Well, it wasn't us. We're talking to the Lord. We're asking him, and we know he's just given us direction. So I believe now more than ever, and of course we've always needed it. If you're alive and breathing, you need a prayer life because we all need to be uh, guided and directed by the Spirit of the Lord. But in the day that we're in, when wrong is being called right and right is being called wrong and our children are being taught things that we couldn't even imagine that they would ever be taught in public schools, um, we need a prayer life. We need to know when to say yes and when to say no. We need to be able to call upon the Lord out of a relationship with him that we've already built. And we need to be able to call upon him in a moment's time and know the direction that he wants us to go. In order to arrive at being a continuation of the book of Acts, we absolutely must be a people that knows how to pray on a consistent basis. Um, in the New Testament, it talks about it's time to put away the childish things. It's time to come off of the milk and go to the meat of the word. Uh, we are mature Christians. We have been living for God for a long time now. Almost all of us have been. And so if we don't have a consistent prayer life now, it's time to have one. And now more than ever, because of the things of the world, um, I, I've been a little surprised 
at just over the last, I would say, year or so, the things of the world that have crept into the church. And uh, not necessarily we wouldn't look at it and say, oh, they're sinning, but just the ways of the world, the thoughts of the world, the ideas of the world. Um, you know, I saw a situation a week or so ago about money, and I saw, like, true Christians, like, being more concerned about money than they were about ministry. And it was so confusing to me. And I thought, that's the world creeping in. And so in, in order to keep us on the right track, Keep us on the right direction. Prayer is what we need. And being like the uh, uh, Book of Acts church, they prayed. Um, it became a culture with them. You know, there's some things that, that we can do out of the flesh. Let me, let me, let me just say this. It's just a thought here. Um, if we are trying to do our prayer life just out of the flesh just to put time in it makes it really hard to pray anything you do through the flesh a lot of times we're thinking that that we can do it through the flesh and uh, it'll be okay but if you just do it through the flesh um, it's a hard thing to do now let me say this and I know you all understand this how many times when we pray in the spirit it seems so much easier to pray because you get caught away in the spirit and it's almost like you lose track of time you're not looking at your watch I'm filling time and 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 this and that but you get to a point where you're not doing it in the flesh you get into the spirit and things begin to change and you begin to flow in that yes being an apostolic book of Acts church is hard work but it is so worth it and uh, if we're just doing it in the flesh, it's going to be difficult. But if we're doing it in the spirit, it's going to be a part of our lives, a culture there. Uh, just it's going to be an automatic thing, call to prayer. We're just that's the thing about my home church that I noticed in this revival move of God. Call to prayer. I mean, people were like, they were there, they were ready, they were hungry. I don't know how many miracles came out of our prayer meetings, powerful things. But to be an apostolic uh, book of Acts church also, we must be worshipers. That's the thing that was a, really a strength to me in growing in God. Um, our church was a worshiping church. We are worshipers here. And there's a powerful move of God. But the key is to keep it flowing, keep it going, letting it be a culture. Uh, yeah, there's going to be times we come into the house of the Lord and our body just wore out and we're tired. And, um, but that doesn't mean that God's not worthy of worship. But trust me, and you know this, you already know that you're worshipers. You get into the flow of the Spirit, and all of a sudden, you just connect with God, and everything changes. Time slips by. <laughs> You're not tracking time anymore. You just got caught away in the Spirit of the Lord, and then God begins to speak to you. Matter of fact, worship and prayer has been a part of what strengthens my walk with God. It strengthens me. Worship has become a part of me. Prayer has become a part of me. Yes, with all of us, it's hard work at times. But when you get in and you tap into the flow of the Spirit, everything changes and there are miracles and wonders because we're not seeking the miracles and wonders. We're seeking God, and God is full of miracles and wonders. <laughs> so... Uh, God is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. He's seeking us out. He, the Lord, if you, you know, we, we talk a lot about ministering to one another. But if you really want to minister to the Lord, if that can be done, which I believe it can be, worship the Lord. He loves it. He is seeking those that worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship comes from a relationship with God. 
It just comes, when we build a relationship with the Lord, it just automatically comes out of us. We're just apostolic. We're just Pentecostal. We're, we're worshiping the Lord and, and the power of the Spirit of the Lord and in truth. Uh, but worship becomes a part of our relationship. We do not just worship him when all is well, but because we know him and we have a relationship with him and we love him. That is the book of Acts, apostolic church. Miracles and wonders come out of that, that relationship. Um, but I know without a doubt, I, I, you know, I'm pastor of the church, Sister Burke, she, you know, we're, everybody expects us to be strong and never have a time where we are weak or down or wore out or what, trust me, we're human beings. And there's times we walk in the house of God and we were wore out from all of the things we're trying to do for the Lord and just life in general. But I must have the house of God and the people of God and most importantly God in worship because it, it blows a breath of fresh air into my spirit and I cannot make it without that. A worship, worshiping church and the power of God that moves. You know that too because you're worshipers. We worship him every day if things are good, if they're bad. We worship him. It takes effort. And when we worship him in good times, it's easier. When we worship him in bad times, guess what? We get into a level where we can overcome the bad things. We, we tend to get caught away in the spirit. We forget about the bad things. We just connect with God. Worship comes from a relationship of trust. I trust the Lord. I walk into the house of the Lord. I know without a doubt we're going to find God here because we're connecting with him. We love him. Worship comes from that relationship of trust. Can God be trusted? Absolutely, yes. He said he inhabits the praises of his people. He's searching for us, for us and our worship and praise unto him. And, and it ministers to the Lord. But we can trust him uh, because he's worthy of worship 24-7. Yes, all the time. We must be worshipers, not watchers. It's easy to get caught away in watching people worship. No, we need to not just be watchers. We need to be in participators. Uh, watchers are critical. Sometimes people don't worship the Lord the way they really want to because they're afraid of what people will say about them. Maybe it's because they're a watcher and they know how watchers become critical. Well, we don't want that atmosphere we want a culture of worship here and we we're experiencing we're tapping into that and for us to go and, and continue in this flow of what we've experienced the last week or so uh, we we need to let worship be a culture here we just come into the house of the lord we're ready to worship you know how you know how uh, we can begin again to be a, well you know how when we walk in the house of the lord and be ready to worship and not have to take 15, 20 minutes to get warmed up, is to keep ourselves in prayer. To keep ourselves in the Spirit. And not just worshiping here at church, worshiping at home, worshiping in your car, driving down the road, put some good music on and just get caught away in, uh, in the power of the Word of God and, and in the Spirit of God. There is, the thing about worship is, there's a lot of worship music that is just, to me, entertainment. It's got Christianity on it, but it's just entertainment. But there are, are some, there's some worship music that you can listen to that connects you with the Spirit of God. And it's powerful. And um, I, I was born into as a worshiper in, in my home church and that is a part of the book of Acts chapter 2 church that God has designed for us to be worshipers uh, we must worship we must be a church with a culture of worship unto God amen amen and you know when you have a relationship with someone and it's a good relationship you don't nobody has to ask you for 
attention or comments because you're ready to give attention. You're ready to give those comments because you have a good relationship. And that's how it is. No matter how our day has been outside of these doors, we come in and our focus, that's why we have focus prayer. Because it gets our focus back on the Lord. And so we're here and ready to worship. And I'm thankful to be a part of a worshiping church. The third thing is fellowship and community. And unity is uh, part of community. The blood flows through the body. We must have a sense of community. And we need to protect one another in our church family. That's part of fellowship. That's part of community. If one person in here hurts, we all hurt. If one rejoices, we all rejoice. Uh, and that's exactly what happened Sunday. We knew Sister Imogene was hurting. Well, if she's hurting, we're all hurting. Now she's rejoicing, we are all rejoicing. So God performed a miracle for her, and we all rejoice over that. There will always be those who try to disrupt unity, to bring division. That's just, it's just how it is. It's called people. If we are to get to the destination that we are going to and see the vision come to pass, then we can't allow anyone to sow discord in our presence. We don't have to listen to their gossip or respond to their condemning text. I give you permission. Don't respond. Ignore. <laughs> or you can just say, I would rather not comment and just back out of the conversation. Um, if there's ever anyone trying to talk to you about someone else within the body of Christ, then it's okay just to say, I'm sorry. I don't want to be a part of that conversation. And that, I will tell you right now, that will make them respect you and maybe help them to think about what they're saying. Um, because... If we're going somewhere as a church body, we have to have fellowship and community. We have to be one, one body. Um, even in the book of Acts, there was divisions. Um, and some of it was because, well, I came from Brother Paul's church, and this is how they did it. I came from Brother Apollos' church, and this is the way they baptized well, I came from Jesus, you know. Well, they all had their different arguments, so to speak. There will always be different opinions, but we're all one body. So we don't allow things to cause discord. We don't allow people to cause disunity. And if anybody ever tries it, then we just politely stop it from happening, say, no, I'm a part of the body of Christ. I want to keep it that we are one and we are unified. As long as there are pastors, there will be something done a different way than what maybe another pastor did. When division arises, prayers are hindered. Unity no longer exists. And without unity, we really aren't going to go anywhere. So we want to be a continuation of the book of Acts. And I believe we are headed in the right direction. But in order to stay like that, we must have unity. And I will say this to all of you here. God brought you to Landmark. So this is your shepherd. So if there's something that you disagree with, like, well, when I was raised, this is what I was taught. 
and you don't agree with what the way pastor's teaching something, that is a perfect opportunity not to talk about him, but come and talk to him. He's pretty easy to talk to, and I think you already know that. So if you have a question, and it's something that maybe is even causing some uh, disunity in your spirit, like, hmm, I don't know if I want to continue on because he said this and I, that's not really the way that I was taught. That is your opportunity to come to pastor and say, can we talk about this? Easy. And he will give you his thoughts on it or whatever. And uh, you can either agree to disagree or you can come to terms together, whatever it may be. Um, but we can read all about it. The church in the book of Acts had a lot of fellowship, got together a lot, spent time together, ate together, went from house to house, being together. That's the body of Christ. That's who we are. That's, well, we have connect groups. And no, we haven't been back in the homes yet. And we're hoping to do that very, very soon. But what happened when we started those is we started learning things about one another that we would have never known just by saying hello before church, saying hello after church, goodbye, have a good day, see you Sunday. But because we were together, we had fellowship, we had that community, we got to know one another better, you empathize with people better, you understand, you know, why... They are the way they are, why they say what they say. And it just makes us a stronger body. So they had a lot of fellowship and community in the book of Acts. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a big part of the connect groups. I feel like that when we started connect groups, we actually, the, one of the visions of this was to reach uh, new people that wouldn't come to church, but they would come to a home. Uh, there's a lot of people like that. But once you build friendships, then they're more welcome, or not welcome, but then they're more apt to come to the house of the Lord. Because I know how it was when I came to church. You know, I I didn't have any friends I, that I thought were there. I had friends in the neighborhood. I had friends at school, but I didn't have friends at the church. But once I started going with my great-grandmother, my brother, uh, then eventually it got to a point where people started befriending me, and I felt more comfortable there, and, and then I wanted to go, and it got to a point where, you know, after I received the Holy Ghost, of course, I, you couldn't keep me out of the house of God. Before, I was making every excuse not to go to the house of God, but after I received the Holy Ghost and baptized, everything changed in me, but it started out with some friendships, and fellowship and connections, and uh, that's that's what uh, happened with the Book of Acts Church. Um, and as we're talking about it, we this is number four. They continued in the apostles' doctrine because that's what the Lord taught them, uh, not in their different convictions or different thinking. They were following the Word of God the doctrine of the Lord. Um, and then they, of course, eventually unified in the truth because they were following what the Lord was telling them. We need to know how to get to our final destination and also how to let others know how to get there also. But it's the truth of the Word of God that sets us free. It's the truth of the Word of God. But they... They continued in the apostles' doctrine. It's not that they were, now the word continue is such a beautiful word with the book of Acts church continued in this. They didn't just one day, okay, I'm going to follow the apostles' doctrine. That's next time, I, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to do it my own way. And then, um, well, then I'm going to change it again. Uh, well, I'm bored of this. I'm going to change it again. And then eventually you're going to be so far away from God as a church body and as an individual, you don't even know where you're at. So continuing in this beautiful 
word of God that was given to them is such a beautiful thing. Uh, but we must continue in what the scriptures say. Give it to me. Uh, and, and this is what I, I, I hope and pray that you find here in the church that the teachers and preachers, I'm, I'm trying to preach the word of God, what thus saith the word of God. My opinion doesn't always uh, work if it doesn't match up with the word of God. I just want the word of God. And, uh, you know, we can find a lot of things in the word about being born again of the water and the spirit uh, and doctrines, you know. Acts 2.38 is still a scripture that will continue to be a, a, a thriving direction of this church as long as I'm pastor. And uh, pray that the next pastor, maybe if the Lord tarries, 150 years down the road, uh, I'll be 100 and what, 210, 210 years old, but the continuing in the apostles' doctrine, continuing in Acts 2.38, continuing in Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Uh, continuing in John 3, continuing in uh, being born of the water and the spirit. I mean, it's a powerful thing. And then another thing about the apostolic church, the book of Acts church, was uh, they had apostolic ministry. Uh, they had the fivefold ministry, and I taught on that also. That is very vital and important. That's number five, the apostles' ministry, uh, the fivefold ministry. We must allow those to minister to the body of Christ because this is God's plan, the fivefold ministry uh, uh, that are called into the, these ministries. We need evangelists. We need preachers, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets. We need these. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith. I like that verse 13 there to for, for the fivefold ministry to teach us for the purpose of perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But then it also says, till we all come into the unity of the faith and a knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The, that verse 13 there to me says that we're all at different levels. We're all at different levels. And we need to continue in that apostles' doctrine, and we need to continue in the fivefold ministry for the teaching and perfecting of the saints until we all come to unity. Unity is a vital thing for revival. Unity is a vital thing for us to see miracles and wonders of the Lord. And I feel like we've got that here. But we don't want to lose it. And that's the whole purpose of what we're talking about here tonight. We've got something here. We've got something very powerful here. A move of the Spirit. It's an environment where people can receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and be, you know, be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Their sins be washed away and lives changed in teaching of walking in perfection. But we're all... We're at different levels until we all come into the unity of the faith. Um, and then as we're talking here tonight, uh, before I turn it over to my wife for number six, we're putting these things in the GPS. We've got a vision. We're, we're going to strive to be the apostolic second chapter of Acts Church. And then one of the things my wife was mentioning, when you put in Colorado in the GPS... We're headed that direction. But I always remember when we were going on a vacation when I was a kid. I knew we were headed to Colorado and California or wherever. But I was always looking ahead at the mountains. When I saw the mountains, that really made me excited. Because I could see something ahead, some hope here that we're going to get through Colorado. See the beauty of those mountains. As we, as we walk in the vision of what the Lord wants for the church, as the book of Acts, chapter 2, church, 
I tell you, when we do these things that the apostolic church did by the teaching of the Lord, then the end result is 3,000 souls being saved. Do we have that kind of faith? I believe we do here. 3,000 souls. That's the ultimate of following the vision of being an apostolic second chapter of Acts church is to see souls saved. Fill this place up. Mighty revival. Moves of God. Amen. And number six is faith. I think it's something that we continually work on, building our faith in God. Um, I believe because we have been pursuing all these things that we've talked about so far, that faith was here Sunday, and faith, we put our faith together and prayed, and we saw a miracle. How many times have we said, you know, I don't want to just talk about miracles. I want to see them. And Brother Ayers has said to us, it is not in the future. It's here right now. And God allowed us to see that. That is just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Um, but we, I think we always need to be praying, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith. The Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please him. And we want to be pleasing to the Lord. So we want to have more faith in him than we had last week. Increase my faith. Every one of us have been given a measure of faith. Well, maybe for some that measuring cup's a little low. And we need it filled back up. We need to increase our faith. How do you do that? Through prayer. Through praying, asking. He said, you have not because you ask not. So let's ask and let's just see what God will do. Because when he answers, that increases our faith to believe him even more for the next thing that we're praying for. We need miracles happening within the church. And we are seeing it. It takes faith. It takes faith to be in operation not in just one or two people but in the body of Christ, in all of us. We've got to keep our faith alive. Um, sometimes you, every one of us can say this, sometimes we just don't have faith for ourselves. We analyze the situation, we look at it, it looks hopeless, we see all the different factors, and our faith is just, we want to believe so bad, but our faith is just low or we're going by circumstances. And then a brother or sister comes up and speaks a word of faith into our life and says, I know God's going to do this. God is going to take care of this. That is the body ministering to the body. And that's what we're for. That, that is one of our purposes is to minister to one another. When someone's faith is low or just tired, Someone else can come along, speak a word of faith. We see God answer, and that builds our faith again. And the next time, then you'll be there for somebody else. So God, increase our faith. We need faith in this last hour. Number seven is vision. I believe, and even with this tonight... We need to run with the vision of our pastor. Not aboard the vision, but run with it. Just as an example, if pastor preaches on a Sunday and he instructs us and he says the Lord gave him something for the church, that everyone should start taking Mondays as our fast day. Well, we may do it for a while. We may get on board with that vision for a while. But then after a while, we just kind of forget about it. But if God gave the vision, then we follow that vision. Um, several times in our uh, quarterly prayer meetings, God has given a vision to Brother Ayers. This is where the church is at. This is where we're heading. And, you know, we may follow it for a short amount of time, but... If God gave it, he hadn't changed his mind. 
it's for us to pursue that. Um, we've got to be very cautious of those who want to even steal your own vision from you. Those who speak negative. I know it's wise to be careful who you talk to and what you say things to. Because God could speak to you and God could tell you, well, I'm just going to use it as an example again. Um, when the Lord showed me the vision of the line going down this sidewalk of people wanting to be baptized, that seems a little far-fetched. And for a half of a second, it wasn't easy to share. But I know it was God. It wasn't me. I'd never even thought about that before. But sometimes when we speak our vision out, someone might speak something back to us of, really, oh, that ain't ever going to happen. Are you crazy? And it could even be somebody within the body of Christ. Not at this church because that's not going to happen. But, but somewhere in the body of Christ, somebody could say, what? You think your balcony is going to be full at Landmark? Are you crazy? So we do have to be careful who we speak our vision to. Um, if you don't want to hear something negative back. But even if you just speak to anybody and everybody, just guard yourself on what you hear back. Because they don't have the vision that you have. Hold on to what God has shown you. Hold on to the dreams that you have had about the body of Christ. Hold on to the dreams that you've had about this church. Several of us have had dreams where this place was full. I am holding on to those dreams and those visions because I know they are from God. Uh, I know Sister Burke is not um, wanting to, um, I guess I would say, think that she needs to be patted on the back or anything like that. She is sensitive to the Lord. And I say this, that she talks to the Lord. The Lord speaks to her. And when she speaks something that the Lord has said to her, I listen. Because I know that she's heard from the Lord. Uh, I know her life. I know her. Uh, she's the same at church as she is at home. And thank God for that. Um, but Only without my hair combed. Well. But when she, when she speaks what the Lord has told her, it's not for her to receive glory, trust me. She is hungry for God, and she wants God's spirit to move. Uh, and, and when she says things like that, I, I take notice, and I, I just watch for it because I know God has got something going on. He's speaking, and he speaks to the church. I hear things out of the body of Christ uh, of people that the Lord has spoken to because they've been in prayer and the power of God is moving upon them and there is a sensitivity in our congregation of people that are so hungry for God and God speaks to you he speaks to you and thank the Lord for that I mean I could go through this whole congregation there's times God has spoken to every one of us about something and uh, you just got to recognize it. The more you walk in the Spirit, the more you run under, understand that it's God that's speaking to you. And um, we want the Lord to continue. That's apostolic ministry. That's what happened in the book of Acts with the church there. Um, we can cover the next two shouldn't be that okay um probably what we'll do is i'll just mention the next two and then we'll cover some of this next time um but number eight is the altar a church cannot have the revival that it needs without our altar i i think the lord for this altar here that we, when we have a, a, 
a move of God, people come to the altar. We welcome that. We welcome that. Thank the Lord for that. Uh, we want you to get what you need from the Lord. This altar is very vital to us. When we have the preaching of the word, too, we're responding to the altar service because we're responding to the word. We're taking the word in. We're making a commitment to the word and to God because God is his word. So this altar is very vital to us. Um, thank the Lord for the altar, but also our personal altar is very important. We need a personal altar in our home or wherever you pray. If it's out under an oak tree, God can hear you there. I prayed in unusual places, and you have too, on a creek bank, in a deer stand. I've done a lot of praying in deer stand. You probably should say, Pastor, you need to keep going to the deer stand. You need to pray. Hey, I will welcome that. But there are times that there's unusual places, but I need my personal prayer time just like you do. We need that. The altar is a place of sacrifice. Sacrifice. And I, I'm going to stop there with that. We'll talk more about that. Uh, but the altar is very vital to a revival church. It was vital to the uh, Book of Acts church. Very vital. Uh, number nine is giving. Giving. That was a part of the Book of Acts church. Very vital. And we'll talk about that more also. And then, of course, uh, Sister Burke, on the last one is, you can go ahead and give that one, number 10. Um, and the last one, he actually mentioned it at the very beginning, is we must hunger and thirst for more of God. Uh, what I'd like to do next week is finish this up. But if you can be thinking, um, we'd like to get your comments on the church moving forward, specifically Landmark, uh, moving forward and uh, becoming just like they were in the book of Acts where they saw miracles on a regular basis. It was not any big deal. It was a, an everyday occurrence or people receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in the name of Jesus. Um, so be thinking about that, comments that you would like to make on Landmark continuing on and hitting that destination of we would be known as an apostolic Book of Acts church. Uh, I was just going to say that um, we, have, we have set in the GPS the vision we're, we're from this day forward let's continue to move that way and read read the book of Acts chapter 2 and uh, read those scriptures what they did and the results are really what we're wanting out of all all of this but let me ask the question okay as as we're moving forward in this I want you to catch a vision out front of those mountains of Colorado but really, let's bring it down to the spiritual thought of those souls that are saved. Souls that are saved. I, I thank the Lord that I'm a part of Landmark and this congregation here because you all are full of faith. You, you all are full of prayer. You're full of worship. You love God. You're hungry for God. And I know all of these things that we have in our heart, we can increase it. All of us can. I can. You can, um, but the whole goal of all of this tonight is we don't want to lose what we experienced in this last week. Can I hear an amen? amen. We want to continue on in this. We don't want to lose it, and we want, as we continue on, we're going to see souls saved, catch the vision of it, see them in the, in the distance, but really, uh, I think, like Sister Burke was saying earlier and what Brother Ayers was saying, Sometimes we push these things so down, far down the road that we're saying, we're going to reach that. No, it's here. 
were a part of it, now see it happening in your vision, spiritual vision. And let's, let's, let's testify. We'll have a testimony about it. Miracles, wonders, where we're going to have a testimony of this person received the Holy Ghost, that person was baptized, that person was delivered, that person was set free. Testimonies, testimonies, we're overcomers. Amen? Amen. God bless you tonight.